Hey, welcome Hello. to Radicalize, where truth survives and we got your back. I'm here with Jim Stewartson, High Fidelity, Sean Connor. My name is Heidi Kuda. Uh, these guys are my favorite, favorite world-class anti-fascists. We are a show uh, that's an investigative show about disinformation. And even though we report the news, we often, uh, for better or for worse, become the news. As many of our friends know, we have been under uh, heavy uh, troll fire. It looks very much uh, like a um, coordinated campaign. Uh, and so what we decided to do for this episode is bring in our favorite troll smoker, Brent Allpress, all the way from uh, Australia via New Zealand. Uh, Brent is going to receive a very special award before we get into uh, his techniques. And if Sean could pull that up, that would be amazing. Sure you, you are getting the first ever Brass Bullocks Award. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah. We're honored to present this award to Brett Alpress for exceptional achievement in asymmetrical counter trolling tactics for the Radicalized True Survive Strategy Academy. <laughs> and, and, and that's a, a non-gender specific award, obviously. That's right. That's right. I try to be sensitive. sensitive. You yes. can't dangle this award off the back of your truck, but you can frame it, and we will be sending it to you from the bottom of all of our hearts because, uh, as all our friends know, Jim has uh, still not managed to get uh, back on Twitter, even though he was uh, suspended after being handed his account back. Uh, so it's very, very uh, murky and awful. But what did happen that brought, you know, a smile and a tear to my eyes was I watched Brent uh, do this, as, as Sean was saying, this incredible asymmetric counter-trolling technique, continually staying on point, continually reposting the video that obviously uh, has made a significant um dent in Mike Flynn's chances of ever being taken seriously at any level. And Brent, can you just tell us and our friends exactly how you did this? Well, it, it's, it, it took a little while for that thread to kind of um, start to attract the trolls. It took a couple of days. So you posted a little snippet of our, our, um, our show last week. Where, where I, I sort of put the statement in about Jim um, damaging Flynn's um, uh, political aspirations. And, um, and then I then reposted Jim's uh, comparative video of um, Mike Flynn leading a supposedly Christian prayer that was sourced from Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who ran a um, apocalyptic um theosophical gnostic new age cult in the um through the 80s and um and that video is really really useful because it's got um it's the video that has the the, the literal text overlaid so you can really do a comparison in real time of just how how closely the words 
have been appropriated by Flynn. And my view is that he was um, taking a kind of strident sermon and then um, turning that into a militant Christian nationalist prayer. That's how I would have viewed the, the kind of psyops of it. Um, but I also went back through the um, the original sermon and its full full length and cropped out because I after Jim exposed this, I stuck my head in the uh, in the Elizabeth Clare prophet bucket, which is not it's an, a straightforward thing to do. It's not. It's just it's difficult because um, <laughs> she's out there and um, she's she's virulently anti-communist. She's a nationalist. She's um, so I can kind of see the attraction of the language mapping onto a kind of oh, Christian she's just nationalism. straight up fascist. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, so she's, she's, so but she's in the I am kind of stream. Yep. And she's, uh, uh, so it's all filtered through Archangel, Archangel Michael. There's really little Jesus in there apart from he's just one of the, um, one of the, um, the many, um, 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 uh, the Buddha Deities, and maybe or... they, well, they 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 they, they have a particular term for them. Uh, if you were if you're oh, Islamic, it's the uh, enlightened or the ascended masters, the ascended masters, yes, ascended oh, yeah, masters, yeah, yeah. right? Ascended, yeah. So so she lists she lists them at the very beginning uh, as the ascended masters. So so I mean it's a little bit it's a little bit like Islam in, in terms of so but there's a whole series of appropriations going on there. Um, uh, it's closer to uh, Gnosticism in that sense because um, they would, you know, sort of have a, uh, they'd, they'd acknowledge a range of syncretic kind of um, um, uh, religious leaders. But in, in her case, Archangel Michael becomes a sort of um, a warrior figure. And I think that's part of this more sort of militant kind of uh, mode of, quasi-religion, cultic quasi-religion that, 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 that Mike Flynn's tried to appropriate. He, he edits out any reference to Archangel Michael. So it was essentially what he leaves out, because uh, that would just be too narcissistic. But Well, he but has to hide his super secret agent name. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah, and, and he, um, but, but in defending himself, as I said last week, he, um, in, in a in a um in a post on on another platform he um he 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 defends himself by saying that the um the prayer is to his namesake saint michael and all of his siblings are named after saints well saint michael archangel michael mm. no. um so the idea that, that that your kind of um prayers are mediated through um archangel michael and his legions is one of the things that really triggered um, a lot of evangelicals and um, yeah. and um, and um, and also the QAnon crowd, and so 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 I sort of would break that down and say, you know, that it's um, it's it's satanic if you're in that camp, it's it's heretical if you're in a kind of more mainline Christian, Protestant Christ, uh, and Catholic conservative <coughs> Christ, Catholic and Protestant kind of lineage, um, it's. Um, uh, it's uh, psyops if you're looking at it in terms of um, sort of um, um, cult cultic practices, and um, and it's potentially you know a, um, a, a form of um, of um, radicalization of extremism. 
yeah. within, yeah. within a Christian context. So that's a, that's a national security threat, effectively, as, as we've been right. watching. So, so that's how I viewed what he was doing. Um, so by pairing the two videos, Jim's video and, um, and this clip, which is what they do is they hyperventilate the, 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 the cultic congregation by doing the I am Michael chant. And they get faster and faster and faster until they get to um, a sort of respiratory um, alkalosis and you yeah. start to become um, sort of, um, you get a kind of... Um, it's a trance. Uh, yeah, a yeah. trance-like. It's, a, a, it's, a trance -like, it's literally a tra hypnotic. Um, yeah, and and you get a kind of... You get, it, you, get a high off, you get a high off that. So, the, so then, and then the idea really is you have a very pliant congregation at that point who are literally high and will kind of take any suggestion you want to give them and then you kind of deliver a kind of strident sermon. So that's, that seems to have been a modus operandi. Um, and Flynn, um, <laughs> it's very hard, it's very hard, it's hard, it's hard to watch the two together in sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, and to realise that one follows the other, because it really puts Flynn in the um, in a um, a psyops um, 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 rental right. kind of context. Yeah. What? But what's so amazing? Because we've dissected this video before. But what I thought was so brilliant about your tactic was that you continually said, "Oh, here is another." anti-Stewartson, anti-Jim Stewartson, uh, pro-Flynn or demoralization troll. Uh, and this is what they don't want you to see because it ruins Mike Flynn's chances for running for a political office. And yeah. you continually stayed on message with you know, uh, with with tweet after tweet after tweet as they all oh, it was very, very tenacious and relentless because so were they. So basically, I think that thread uh, attracted innumerable uh, attacks, trolling attacks. So what they would do is that they would they'd post something that was sort of sceptical about whether this appropriated prayer um, uh, misused from a cultic context for a Christian nationalist context, and but in, a, in still a kind of evangelical church, um, you know, with congregations who would have no idea that that was the, the source for it. Um, uh, once, so what I well, what I was arguing was, uh, and this is the thing they were attacking. Um, so they they had a prehistory of attacking Jim, which I tracked because I've gone through the. The you know yeah. the, the sort of lineage of each of these accounts that turned up. I just do a quick search through, and pretty much there's like a whole stack of of Jim um, Stewartson um, kind of <laughs> it's so weird trolling. And so we to, I wonder how many people there actually are, and uh, how many of these. There's over twenty individuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's but that's that's an interesting number because it's sort of there because there are some of those accounts are. Um, uh, legit accounts. Some of them are, are like shell accounts. Yeah. And when I say legitimate, I mean like they've they've been active and they're being used by right, someone who's right. posting yeah, as, a, as, as, as a person. Yeah. It's not a sock so, puppet. Yeah. They, no. They, no. So some of those accounts. Some of those accounts. Some of those accounts. They 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 are they're trolling accounts, but they they um they um present themselves as being disinformation and QAnon researchers. Yeah. 
and this is the thing. So, so they so I see them as the sort of left flank of the of the Flynn Digital Soldier operation. They really didn't like that if I posted that, and tried everything they could to sort of say that you know that was. Um, so the um, so so basically what they would do is um, try and put a initially a kind of relatively moderate post that that undercut the original video the comparison yeah. between the two and particularly undercut my observation that it was likely to hurt flint's prospects with mainline christians conservative christians yeah there's got there's got to be there's a there's a christian nationalism is, a, is an extremist kind of cluster yeah. and there aren't that many of them uh, right. they need they need mainline uh, conservative christians catholics and evangelicals and mainline protestant protestants to win any actual election if this guy has any political prospects it appears he does because they're very sensitive about this and so what they were doing was that they'd basically kind of either um uh, skeptically and then increasingly sarcastically and then kind of desperately <laughs> throw everything they had in a recurring cycle and that you could sort of see the kind of different the different sort of approaches they took yeah um to to try and sort of undercut this um this argument and um the um i I'm, i don't attract trolls i have in the past when i posted uh, material back in 2016 when um donald trump's account appropriated a um anti-semitic um meme from a uh, from an account i discovered um uh, for the um, star of david and 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 yeah. money meme and so i was really subjected to a lot of trolling back then from neo-nazis effectively and white supremacists yeah. um uh, but on the whole i've not been subject to much trolling and i haven't seen a thread that's been just hammered as hard as this one <laughs> it was just so strange having gone through the talk we had last week to then literally go through it myself that that following so, week it, so it's, what, it's what crazy it's just crazy yeah. that that exists and and it takes it takes a strong stomach it, because yeah. these 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 people are trained there yeah. they know exactly how yeah. to do it and, it, and i'm it, very very your point about your point about yeah. repetition is really important yeah so i mean that well, what it's basically if, 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 I, if I repeated the same yeah. congratulations, you've won a reposting of the of the original comparison yeah. video between yeah. Flynn and Elizabeth um, Claire Prophet, and as a bonus, you get to hear this sort of rapid uh, hyperventilated chanting as a, as a and or if and then oh, what I'll do is block them, yeah. and that would go on there on there um, uh, out to all their followers. If yeah. they had any, if, if so, if their accounts with actual followers, some of them I think probably don't actually have followers, but some of those accounts yeah. are quite large and they must have a kind of influence network. sort of network. And um, and uh, it must have been because they were then doing it in cycles. So they were one would come in, and so they'd just come in again and again and again onto the same thread. And every time I would sort of say, you know, the, basically a repetition, I, I wasn't copying and pasting, I'd rework. And develop the cycle of of replies as I went, um, uh, and partly just because anyone who's on, you know, he might be one of my followers. Is going, is probably going to go, yeah, what the hell is this? Um, but also, also, as I was doing it, they'd come in at a certain angle, and so you just sort of come at it back. It's sort of, basically, it's the dead bad approach. So if someone, yeah. if someone sort of, you know, bowls are really, this is a cricket analogy for those of you 
you know, out, you know, but, the, but you know, if you get if Americans, you get, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. But if, you yeah. know, if someone sends you a curly ball and, you know, the best thing to do is just to do a dead back and it, and it just sort of dribbles into the middle of the, of the pitch. So, so, so my approach oh, to these sorts of, your word for that. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but basically, basically, basically you don't try and take a swing at something that's kind of going to, going to knock your wickets out if it's, if it's a bit yeah. dodgy. So, so what you do is you just sort of block it. And gotcha. literally, so it's, so it's, so it's, it's, that's the cricket analogy. I don't the, the baseball it. analogy would be you're bunting. You're, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're holding, yeah, yeah, it's a bunt. Yeah, so, so uh, we have about one minute left. And yep. um, first of all, for me, it was like watching a bullfighter or like the world's greatest, you know, uh, you know, fencer, like somebody who just knew how to do a sword fight. It was just so incredible. And so what I'd like for you in this last minute, and then we're going to yeah. retire the trolls for a while, because quite frankly, I'm we're over it. it. Yeah. I'm number, <laughs> number one, number one, please state one more time what you saw it was. You used a brilliant horseshoeing and just give us that one great line. You saw this as the left flank. I mean, this is like a, an operation yeah. in war, and you had a beautiful line that you said earlier, state it. One more time for our viewers. Well, I saw I, I saw this as a in, in in high fidelity's terms, it's it's a um, it's a troll crew, and um, and I saw it as the um, the left flank of Flynn's digital soldiers. And what was interesting is that at a certain point, once so what what started to happen was that um, they the, I would block the trolls and then they would block me, which was kind of win win. I think mm -hmm. that's. The, <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when you're getting blocked by trolls, you kind of know that that's actually, and I wasn't trolling back. All I was doing was they were trying to suppress a certain video. And what I would do is repost it to them with, with framed in my own terms, not theirs, and then follow that up with the kind of more extreme cultic material that showed the context for it. Ah, um, my friend, you were so, so, trolling them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but master it's master trolling. Yeah, well, yeah, but but and and yeah, for good. And um, but also, one, one, what they there's an to important do distinction the, here the, between the verb to troll and the yeah. and the noun to troll. Uh, and the noun troll, in my view, is somebody who is there to harm somebody, and that's their yeah. what their purpose just, is. But what to I was, troll somebody can just yeah. mean to try and get a reaction from them. Yeah. Or I wasn't, to, I, well, see, I wasn't yeah. after a reaction. So in that sense, I was not trolling. What I was doing was a counter-trolling response. And yes. so it was it was asymmetrical. Um, so I got hit by dozens and dozens of accounts. Um, I would use the same tactic again and again. And they would then um, abuse me um, after they were blocked. Yeah. And then I'd report, report them for that. <laughs> because yeah. they were using all sorts of language that they really yeah. shouldn't have been using. I was being accused of being a liar and a fraud and all these other things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So, so I, I didn't <laughs> engage with any of that. All I'd do is just report that as abusive um, targeted harassment, which um, one of the accounts disappeared. Um, uh, so it just literally just, it got, it got, uh, it got, it, it disappeared. Cassandra blocked me first. Um, so there's about uh, well, the a core the core of the group blocked me in the end, um, but then what well, was interesting is that is let, that let's, uh, the, let's one not of, one say of, any names we don't want to say that no names. no yeah but one of, one of the well one of the Flynn one of the Flynn dot one of the Flynn dot com 
crew came on and had a crack, and that really dropped the mask completely. So, so someone who is a uh, you know Flynn.com account um, uh, add, added to the list. So, so you know, that's it, that. It's to me that's what it was. Um, wow. And um, yeah, it's a, it's. I think you could do it with in any kind of context where you're being hammered. Um, uh, if, if there's a post that or material that they're seeking to suppress, often through skepticism and and kind of uh, demoralisation trolls, I'd call them. Then, yeah. if you just reply with the same material yeah. and block them, then effectively it's done. You don't engage in direct conversation with them because that just feeds the beast. You, yeah. you you take the material they're trying to suppress. You repost it on your terms within your framework, and then you block them and you move on. And they hate that, so they'll throw another troll at you. You do that to them, and they hate that. They'll throw another troll at you. Do it again, and you just keep going until they run out of accounts because either I've blocked them all or they've started blocking themselves. So that was it. Job done. It's interesting because when, the trolling when. is designed to exhaust the person who's being targeted, and Brent is such a master at smoking these trolls out from under their various bridges that he exhausted them. <laughs> and, and, and that is why you were getting the Brass Bullocks Award and Brent, we can't thank you enough. It was really like like seeing somebody. You'll never get those hours back, but for us, like seeing oh, somebody. I, I, I didn't mind it. <laughs> seeing somebody go to bat for us meant the world. In cricket terms, I'm sure there's a you know some sort of accolade that you can offer somebody. I, no, no, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give it a cricket analogy. That was just a sort of. It was, <laughs> there was a there was a rhetorical analogy of the deal. You did and, go to bat know, for our crew, yeah. and yeah. you showed them how it's done. And we can't thank right. you enough. And we wish yeah. you the most beautiful rest of your day there in Australia. And uh, I'm sure this will uh, be to be continued. But for now, you've heard yeah. from the master. You've learned from the master, and now you know a little bit more than you did 20 minutes ago. Okay. One thing I'd add, just one last thing, is that the I'm inter I'm interested in that video that that Jim did as a as a comparison, gaining uh -huh. some traction, and so because they put so much pressure on that thread, it started to take on viral uh, reposting mm -hmm. all over the place, and so yeah. so that that's that's another job done. They helped us do that, so congratulations to them. Really, really useful. Thank you, Mike yeah. Lynn, and your troll crew for spreading our nasty news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. First polarity. We'll be mailing this out to you soon. Award. Good. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, that that was that was just so incredible to to learn how it was done to see how it was done i was learning things in real time and then for him to break it down and for him to also expose that it's the left flank of the pro the pro flynn world simple as that i mean it you know uh these things that seem so murky become very clear when you actually have somebody uh people might not know brent's background but if you see the film people you may know you'll learn a lot about him he basically is an open source, uh, you know, intelligence uh, investigative researcher, bar none. And uh, got the fact all the that CNP docs before anyone. Oh my God! He, he, he got he he did that. He got those. He's vital. He's and, vital. And finding out yeah. who's in the CNP is a huge deal in, 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 before in, in, everyone. So Mike Flynn yeah. being among Cambridge them. Analytica, yeah. Mike Flynn being a chief among them. Absolutely. This might be so, the place 
I will mention instead of after why it matters, I did a thread last night at like 2 a.m. I'm always just wheel spinning. And I realized that the people that Trump pardoned fraudulently, in my opinion, are the people who are menaces to society right now. Paul Manafort, oh, yeah. Flynn, Steve Bannon, <laughs> Steve Bannon Bernard Carrick, and, and Eric Prince's guards, you know, the who, who were in you know prison for murder. And I bring that up because A, that thread went viral, and B, as soon as we can like focus things, it makes it much easier for me to then think, okay, where do we put our energy? And Jim, you've said that from the beginning. There's a handful of people who are actually out to destroy democracy right now. And what, look at them. They just happen to be the same handful that Trump pardoned. And presidential pardons were not supposed to be used for things like murder, you know, they were they were nonviolent. He or, or the overthrow of American democracy. You're not supposed to pardon somebody for being a fucking traitor. Word. <laughs> That's not a thing. Word. <laughs> you don't get to seems do so clear. Well, wow. well, he needed them clear to carry out the January sixth operation. I mean, that's well, you know, that's right. Obvious. Thank he you, John. Have a, he, he still may have pardoned himself. We don't know yet. <laughs> by the by the way, you don't have to I disclose pardons. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name any names, but I just I just did a little post about one of these infiltrating trolls who comes into the left all oh, buddy buddy <laughs> accused me of being an asset while he said on December eighth, twenty twenty, I like Steve Bannon. And then yeah. he showed a picture of himself with his arm around Steve Bannon. Anybody who puts their fucking arm around Steve Bannon should shut the fuck up for the rest of their life. That's all I have to say. So it's just well, all of you. Stop it. You're, yeah. you're dumb. You, you're, you're playing easy. yourself. Stop. It's unfortunate because the people you're talking about have, a lot of them have uh, powerful positions in the media and appear to be one thing. But as Brent just showed us, you can be the left flank of the pro-Flynn operation. And quite frankly, uh, I think that that's exactly what's being exposed right now in real time. Ah, beautiful. Let's just enjoy this for a minute. Uh, but, but, but Jim, just so we never lose focus on why you're being targeted, you are a one-man army with your colleagues who obviously work with you and help provide information. But, but you with your 60,000 followers on Twitter, were getting in the way of the pro-Flynn, phonus, left flank, period, end of story. That's the furthest I got, I got my high score. Nice. I, I can't hey, we're supposed to be doing a show, why are you playing games? Stop it's that. Fine. It's hilarious. He's playing, he's playing. He's, it's, it, it's our game, yeah, so. That's oh, it's our game. Do. Yeah, it's radicalized, we should throw receipts at trolls on there. Throwing yeah. Trolls. Yeah, well, yeah. All our nice. friends will get the opportunity when, when we get our Patreon going, which we're going to be saying like every week when we do it. People are actually trying to throw us money, so maybe we should get the Patreon going. Yes. Um, uh, you know. Hey, hey, you know what? Honestly, this is a lot of hours every week, and we do it That's because true. it's the right thing to do. But, you know, it's certainly if people want to support us, we will certainly uh, be grateful for that. Um, okay, so Cheers that was that. a very robust starting to a very fabulous episode. We have not even mentioned who our guest is. Oh my God, Jack A. Bryan, director, producer, active measures, you know, producing Kremlin Files Pod, also um, did the uh, uh, Hunt for Cube. Cube. 
Yeah, which I think Jim yeah. was a, which, a, a part which of. Which is the, the, you know, great um, documentary. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll talk to him about it, but, but um, got, got as close as any, any of them have, certainly uh, far closer than the HBO uh, catastrophe. Which well, I, I will get to at some point. And 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 there, Jim just throws himself out again as you know, uh, pizza for the trolls. <laughs> um, pizza, <laughs> troll pizza, troll pizza. Oh, because um, the HBO documentary is no, no, yeah. yeah, because I'm just saying, like, there's going to be a whole bunch of people who are actually paid to try to, like, you know. Uh, oh, I, I, yeah, I know. I'm not worried about it. Well, let's speaking go. speaking of of uh, you know trolls being paid, let's let's get to our yeah. yeah let's get to our show here. So yeah. so Oops. just one one more thank thank thankful to the br first Brass Bullocks Award, uh, and yes. now let's get to the uh, word phrase uh, of the week. All right, all right. Word phrase of the week is influence campaign. Yes. And uh, well, what is an influence campaign? An influence campaign uh, in marketing, in corporate marketing, an influence campaign is when you do a campaign to sell a product uh, or a, you know, whatever, and you utilize influence online, right? And uh, that's fine. It's a marketing thing. Uh, you should, you know, have to note that it's a paid campaign. Uh, yeah. But what has happened is that's a good point. That has been weaponized, yeah, and uh, that has been used by nation states to lay down narratives uh, about primarily autocratic rulers, but also uh, you know uh, China in in attempting to smother the talk of genocide of the yeah. Uyghurs in Xinjiang uh, has been using influence campaigns online. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I we mean, rattled look, off look at, in the rundown meeting yesterday. Or anti-vax or anti-CIT. It's all, I mean, these are all like just, those are particular, particularly elaborate influence campaigns. Right. But what was it trying to do? It was trying to make Hillary the Antichrist and it was yeah. trying to make Trump um, the second coming. The, those were right. the two basic goals, right? To right. influence a large percentage of people to hate Hillary and love Donald yeah. Trump. And oh my God, it fucking worked well really well. Yeah, did it, yeah. you know. But, but what you just said, Hi-Fi, that I think is so important that I, that I don't think we've put enough thought into as a country is in marketing campaigns and advertisements, we see what is a paid campaign. In these influence campaigns that we're talking about, it takes investigative shows like ours to say, no, this is CNP paying for this. They don't come with big banners that Robert Mercer or the Living Koch brother paid for this anti-vax, you know, oh. coalition of doctors and white coats. We don't know. I mean, that's what's really mind-fucking America. Well, these, if, if you think these, of... Oh, go ahead, Sean. Sorry. No, these companies, they do both, really. I mean, they're, they are actively engaged in marketing and advertising campaigns that are not disclosed as campaign uh, 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 marketing efforts, you know, um, mm -hmm. the largest ones that we know about, obviously, in the healthcare sector specifically, you know, they will buy ad, they will train radio DJs on how to sell a product and the DJ will promote the product and they won't disclose it as an ad, even though they just talked to for 10 or 15 minutes at length about a product, you know, so they have all sorts of ways of getting around that issue. 
But yes, yeah, it is, Instagram it is. influencers too. Like Same type of thing, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and here's, you know, and, and speaking directly to Instagram, you know, Instagram has rules that, oh, yeah, you have to put on your post as a you know, paid promotion. But their enforcement of that is the same as what needs to happen is it needs to be legislated. These social media companies yeah. need to be only, held only to task. Yeah. yeah, that is yeah. the only remedy for this. Yeah, they, because they, there are, you know, these companies but, do get held yeah, accountable. Right. They make they make a shitload of money from from people weaponizing their their platform, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, how much money have they made second. from the from the tens and tens of thousands of of defaming tweets about me personally? Yeah, like, like all that is great engagement for them, right? Um, so, uh, like, the, the, for for them, it's just the numbers. It's it, we found out the 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 simplest version with Facebook, right? They yeah. put an algorithm in place that on purpose radicalized people. Yeah. They knew it. They did yeah. it because it got more engagement, which generates more views, which generates a shitload more revenue. That's, That's right. why they yeah. did it. If you and, if you don't, and, you know, Twitter's no different. They don't yeah. they don't yeah. give a shit about no, all they wanted. What's they just happening. wanted to optimize. They don't care that you know there's you know thousands of these fucking accounts out there that are just there to hurt people. You know they they because that's they just they tell the algorithm to optimize for. The, Keeping people online as long as possible. Yeah. yeah. However, however that happens, that's fine, right? Well there done. Are ramifications to that because all they do is just, I just want you to optimize. Just keep people engaged as long as possible. Right. Okay. Well, then that algorithm sniffs out what people are engaged by. It happens to be sensationalist, radicalist, you know, extreme content, and they so knowingly allow that to continue. In our rundown meeting yesterday, also I asked you guys, you know, so much, so many of the things that you just rattled off from the AFLD anti-vax grift. So much of it, as we know, is grifters profiting off of these lying influence campaigns, but they are also uh, helping destroy our democratic institutions. And you guys said that those two are not mutually exclusive. Well, no, gr grifting and fascism go hand in hand. They always have. I mean, if, if, if you if you if you look at the, the the economic changes in Weimar Germany right before the fascists took power, there was a lot of corruption. There was a lot of seizing of companies. There were a lot of dirty deals, and uh, yeah, it's the yeah, same. I mean, the grift and fascism are tied. Fascism is about accumulating power for the sake of accumulating power, right? How do you get power? Fucking money. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. money, money is important. Cash flow is important. That gives you power. Right. So, of course, the fascists are going to be finding ways of getting money. And the way they're going to be doing it is by exploiting flaws in the system. Like like the like the fact that this fucking like group of do of doctors can be out there pushing ivermectin and whatever to Americans and be allowed to do that and continue and not just get immediately raided by somebody like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, is what fascism is. It's right. finding these, these holes in the system, these, these ways to exploit it um, that we, we don't have a way to deal with yet. That's right. And once again, that's go ahead, Sean. Oh, I was just gonna say, oftentimes um, 
they will exploit that loophole and then attempt to close it off for other people coming behind them in order to keep that power or keep that uh, uh, access solely to their to their own. You know, like uh, Greg Abbott, for example, in Texas, he was paralyzed in a car wreck, right? Uh, and he got a major settlement award from that. He then, once he became governor, put a cap on damages for paralyzed individuals in car wrecks, right? Unbelievable. So <laughs> he made millions and millions of dollars on the settlement got into office, and then tort well, reforms squashed the level of compensation that people should get for the exact thing that he was involved in. Such a great example. Hi hypocrisy is, is it's, it, hip I, I'm sorry, I just have to say the word hypocrisy. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's the worst. It's, yeah. it, it is the signature thing that you can look at with any fascist, any, yeah. anyone, any bad actor, is what they say and what they do compatible or not. It's that simple. And, and if, you, if you just look at any of these people, the way that they actually act, the way they behave is different from the way that they, they treat others. And they seem to they have a base that doesn't mind as long as they're in on the grift and the fraud, uh, which is very um, disheartening. Um, you brought up the, um, the America Frontline Doctors grift. And I just want to say that the only reason we know how much money that they have made off of their you know telehealth clinic selling shit that doesn't work and certainly is not approved to work at the very least is because of investigative reporters and investigative reporting is incredibly the legit stuff not the ops because we now mm -hmm. know that it's out there too that's so damn underfunded so it's just you know the only reason we know the truth of so much of this grift is because of you know, barely funded investigative reporting. And um, that harkens back to Germany as well. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, so I um, thank you for that. That was amazing. And now let's breeze through why it matters so we can get on to Hellscape and get on to Jack. All right. So, Sean. Why high fidelity? All right. Oh, Sean. Yeah, we're, that, that second one, we're going to have a laugh. All right. Uh, first story this week, Benedict Basta. Uh, what is that all about? Uh, the individual who uh, was known as Pope Benedict the uh, 16th, uh, prior to that, he was known as Cardinal Ratzenberger of Germany. And it came out this week that Cardinal Ratzenberger, in at least four separate occasions, knew that children were sexually abused and did nothing about it. We have a, we have a clip Intentionally. for the two popes, if you want to run it. Hit it. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. It's on Netflix. Uh... All the time, all the time, the real danger was inside, inside with us. What are you talking about? I think you know what I'm talking about. We knew there were priests, bishops, great men of the church who prayed on children. And what did we do? We, just... we heard their confession, then moved them on to another parish where they could start all over again. I didn't believe a few magic words from the priest would make everything all right again. Magic words, is that how you describe the sacrament? Confession cleans the sinner's soul. It does not help the victim. 
Oof. Yeah. Sin wow. is a, a wound, not a stain. It needs to be healed, to be treated. Forgiveness is not enough. Wow, good clip, Sean. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I bring this up and the reason why this is very, very important is because Pope Benedict was a very large proponent of Opus Dei. And Opus Dei is a sect inside the Catholic Church, which is tied to William Barr and a bunch of other people we've discussed on the show. Uh, but their authoritarian mindset... Um, allows these things to happen. Yeah. And I think that's something we all need to be aware of. All right. I think we can move on without comment because I think that's just serious enough. Yeah, it really is. Uh, okay. The next one, uh, Rio Tinto, uh, double faults on a Serb. <laughs> yeah. I love this one. So, uh, as everyone has probably been paying attention, uh, you know, uh, the tennis player in Australia was kicked out because of his vaccination status. And, uh, and because of that, uh, the country of Serbia has withdrawn the exploration licenses of Australian mining company Rio Tinto uh, for a lithium mine. And there's a couple reasons why this is important. One, Rio Tinto is a mining company with a history of being exploitative lack of empathy uh, an awful company they, they took down a aboriginal uh sacred site in australia i mean these people are not nice people right and it's ex exploitative it's extractive why does that matter well if you look at uh look at eric prince working with uh Citic in china uh or i'm, I'm sorry chinese company Citic in myanmar right before the coup right um or we can look at, uh, oh, what's the other one I was thinking of? South America. Oh, uh, Evo Morales. You know, Evo Morales was cooed um, in Bolivia for his lithium mines uh, because he wanted to nationalize them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Rio Tinto was involved in a lot, a lot of Johnson & Johnson bad, bad mining from town powder. There's also about a trillion dollars worth of uh, um, precious metal, et cetera, in Afghanistan. That's right. Um, and it's not a coincidence that <laughs> Eric Prince and his crew have uh, set up there. God, sometimes I just feel like we're just stuck with these guys. And uh, well, they did try to overthrow the uh, American fuckers, government, right? I think. Okay. So. I Thank, you. Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> you know, can we please remind our audience, like every episode, that we're always talking about people who have tentacles to people who tried to overthrow our government, and that's fucking bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, what were you saying about talc, Sean? Uh, Rio Tinto and talcum powder? Rio Tinto was, was one of, well, they were one of the main suppliers for Johnson & Johnson's talcum powder for years, going back to the 60s and 70s, I believe, uh, and they knowingly, actually, they know they knew that the asbestos was in the talcum powder because they were mining it, and they actually there's letters back and forth, actual handwritten or not handwritten but typed letters from back in the day, telling Johnson Johnson, look, this is bad. We need to address this. We need to move forward on it. Uh, and Johnson Johnson obviously never did anything with it. Women developed an ovarian cancer, uh, and Rio Tinto was the one pulling it out of the ground for him. Even worse, uh, at one point they they shifted to mining talcum powder from uh, Iraq Afghanistan region which was controlled by Taliban forces. 
and they were still making deals with the, the terrorist organizations to get that talc out, essentially funding a portion of the the were on terror, the oppression and the terrorism, the terror side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To maintain, maybe to maintain we shouldn't the, do the market share. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. It, just not, it seems like a company that does that, that funds terrorists in order to give women cancer, should probably not yeah. be a company anymore. What the fuck? This Ooh, is like when uh, this is when you start talking about uh, you know the only way to change is criminal charges levied against you know executives. And until that well, changes, that is that's build, perfect. They build in they build in the fine into their, their shareholders know they put aside X billion dollars per year. So the dividend is the same. They understand. They don't know what they're going to spend it on, yeah. but they know they, it's basically a price for committing crimes. They yeah. pay the fine yeah. and they move on. And it's like, going to here's what it costs to commit crimes. That's right. You right. know, if you can right. pay that, knock yourself out. And it's right? and that's it's a big it number. And, and the, pub, the public but. sees them getting getting sued, and everyone everyone wow. But that's not actually you know that they don't understand the downstream ramifications of that are, are next yeah. to nothing. Our friend Martin Scheel has a solution for that, and that probably does not surprise any of you. He says if we enforce the Yates Memorandum, which actually incarcerates white-collar criminals, that there may be less, uh, fewer white-collar criminals as they are 100%. calculating the risk as they're calculating the risk of whether or not they want to spend the 600, you know, if they earn 600 billion and they're going to spend the $6 billion fine, they can calculate that risk. But does the CEO wish to go to prison for life? Probably not. So maybe they think twice about their unfettered greed. They would because what we see now is the difficulty of getting a president or an executive to sit for a deposition. Yeah. So difficult, so difficult. And rightfully so, because they don't want to get flooded and have all tons of depositions. But it's so hard to get one of the main executives to sit for a deposition. You have to pierce the corporate veil with burden of proof. It's ridiculous to get them in the room. Well, speaking of right. speaking of white collar criminals who should be behind bars, I think Sean, we should throw on the Giuliani clip just to kick off the very last "Why It Matters." Gotcha. And, and uh, you know, this is this is this is Martin Scheel. IRS investigator. Quick bullets on Giuliani. You worked with him, what he was like then, and what you think his, uh, you know, uh, how you feel his exposure is now. Talking about Giuliani. Oh, he's a hurting buckaroo now. Uh, <laughs> he, he was yeah. a brilliant guy back when I know him. I mean, he, his mind was razor sharp, terrific memory. More than anything, he, he, you could tell him um, several paragraphs worth of detailed financial evidence and you know he would remember it all and he would spew it back 10 minutes later at the press conference word for word and i, I sat there more than once just like amazed that anybody could do that oh uh, that that rudy isn't around with us anymore that rudy is long gone um i think too much uh too many cigars too much cognac um too much living in the fast lane maybe i don't know it's just uh, he, he's got some serious uh, issues. I don't see how he's going to beat the Farah indictment. And I suspect there's a good chance he'll be superseding indictments uh, in terms of very similar to, they started off with Manafort with Farah indictments, then they got to money laundering and tax evasion and et cetera. I think Rudy, I think the government will be threatening Rudy with all that. I think Rudy in the long run um, will end up Pleading out, making his best deal, cutting his best bargain, and um, 
and he'll fall on a sword just like Michael Cohen did, and uh, he'll testify against whoever he has to testify, and because that's what they all do. Yeah. The biggest thing for Rudy, as for a lot of these folks, are legal fees. The expense of going to court triples when trial preparation and in trial. And they want their money, those lawyers, defense attorneys, want their money up front, big retainer. They want seven figures. And, and if you don't pay up, they'll, they'll walk away. They don't give a shit. You know? The thing that in law enforcement that everyone refers to is defense attorneys' main move is bleed them, then plead them. So I think, you know, remember, Rudy can't defend himself. He's been thrown out of court. All right. I just thought that that was worth revisiting uh, for the last why it matters, why that clip matters and why it matters. High five. Why that clip matters, because this week, uh, and I don't think it got quite enough fanfare, but the Treasury Department decided to dunk on some disinfo. And what do I mean by that? Uh, four individuals were sanctioned by the United States Treasury Department. Uh, the first individual is a man named Volodymyr Olyinyuk, and I probably butchered that terribly. I apologize. You don't what have to you did? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so this first guy, he was. Uh, I know. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, you know. I need a Ukrainian tutor. Anyone out there? Anyway, um, he was a member of Gazprom, and as we all know, Gazprom, uh, a significant portion of it disappeared around the time of the 2016 election. Uh, it has been used as a, well, as a snare to enrich elites across Europe and the United States to get them in, to engage in Russian disinfo. Mm. And so this follows part of that. Uh, the next person is Vladimir Zivkovich, and he is an individual who is tied tightly to the Russian oligarch uh, Durkash. Mm -hmm. And of course, Ole Voloshin uh, is tied to Paul Manafort and Konstantin Kalimnik. Mm -hmm. And who are those people? Uh, that's the one Manafort was passing polling data and polling mm -hmm. information to Russia. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, this guy's network. Mm -hmm. And the last one is really kind of important uh, because he is a <clears throat> member of Medvedchuk's uh, network. And Medvedchuk is a billionaire in the Ukraine who mm -hmm. is being held right now on charges of treason. Mm-hmm. And his name is Taras Kozak, and he runs a bunch of television stations mm -hmm. that were used to pipe out disinformation for Russian operations mm -hmm. and influence campaigns. There's that word phrase. Mm -hmm. And Giuliani plays into this because he was, of course, going back and forth, kicking it with some of these blokes to try to uh, throw the election toward Trump uh, in 2020 with disinformation. And we know that Russia is planning to run psyops in Ukraine, even as we live and breathe. So uh, this insidious, you know, active measures, uh, you know, asymmetrical warfare continues. It does. It does. Uh, oh, Teres Kozak was one of the guys who was, helping Giuliani run around the Ukraine and spread the uh, vice president's son's bullshit laptop story. Yeah. And the reason I call that story bullshit is because they have never been able to produce images of the hard drive. Uh, they've never been able to produce 
any anything that would be admissible digital evidence in a court of law has not been able to be produced with this story. All they got is some actors talking bull. And right. even it's, if it, it did, it's invented by Guo and GTV. Yeah. I mean, right. and it's, then it's, spread a, it's a joke throughout the 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 whole you know um, Russian yeah. disinformation network. Well, it's it's like it, the big lie. Here, here's, right? I mean, here's the tell. Why the fuck are they all worried about Ukraine? Yeah. Why is Rudy in Ukraine? Right. Why are all these? Why are the neo Nazis and uh, and everybody all up in arms to... about it? And the the reason is because the Russia it's Russia's big priority. They need yeah. a a launching point into Europe, and they yeah. want Ukraine really bad. Yeah. And so all of this stuff, like Tucker's on TV, like oh we can't worry about Ukraine. Like what? Who cares about Ukraine? It's like I care that if Ukraine goes, it's done. It seems very clear to me that now that we all have amassed this knowledge that we have just in the 10 episodes and all the work that we do, these guys all participate in this because they're all trying to stay out of prison. And if they can keep their, their corrupt bros in power, then maybe they have a better chance of staying out of prison. So that's why they're yeah. and the, expediting. And the way they do that is doing errands and chores and, and yes. jobs for the fucking Russians. Yes. That's why they're, they're causing chaos in Ukraine. Of so all places. Serious. It is so serious. Yeah. Well, uh, let's now. Can you do a quick hit legal brief here uh, before we get on to Hellscape? Because um, yeah, we can. Back. We have uh, Jack waiting too. We can wait and do it, or we can do it now. Basically, just, just, there's do a quick, just give us a quick legal yeah. brief. Up. There's a, a new lawsuit that has come out, uh, which is exciting because it's well, not exciting. It's it's horrifying and sad and uh, depressing. But the, the the case basically is a, a mother is uh, suing um, uh, Meta and Snap uh, for the wrongful death of her 11-year-old daughter who committed suicide, uh, as, as she argues, as a result of uh, their platforms uh, um, and, uh, basically creating an addictive uh, product that uh, an underdeveloped you know, 11-year-old brain isn't capable of dealing with. Um, the interesting um, argument that they're pleading in the complaint is the, uh, the product itself is it's a product it's a defective product so it's a products case essentially which is an interesting approach to establishing liability is it's a, if it's a defective product then they're liable because the product was made defectively it resulted in its injuries and harms the defect is in the algorithmic nature of oh my uh, god so important yeah. thank you so much for that let's just hope that one of these things stick so we can actually see the changes that we need because we know just in the way that uh, Jim as an adult has been being trolled how how these uh, demoralizing tactics can really take people to dark places. I know myself having been re-experiencing uh, it uh, as well. And the thing is imagine an 11 year old, I mean, my God, so. Um, Additionally, one last thing, uh, the, 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 the attorneys that are representing this woman are from the Social Media Victims Law Center, which okay. is a center of law established. It's in Washington state, if anyone out there is curious, it's called the Social Media Victims Law Center, and they focus on right on. We're gonna be giving them a holla. Okay, thank you so much, Sean and Jim. Let's do. Um, you did a very thoughtful, very very important um, blog yesterday that um, I really think is a game changer in people understanding harmful operations. So can we see Hellscape and Jim? Can you give us a, a briefing on that before we bring in Jackie Bryan? You bet.
Jim Stewartson's hellscape. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh fuck! Oh fuck! Um, cool. So I just just want to um, briefly go through this a little bit. Um, this article is not about any any person um, in particular, uh, um, an expose of any any people. But I think it's really important for um, people out there to understand how intense it is how dark it is um and and what they actually do um some of it sounds crazy it sounds like some kind of movie or some shit until you actually experience it like you you will realize it is in no way um you know uh pretend or or made up um so uh, just briefly let's talk about what ops are um the, it's it can be a little confusing because it can either mean operative or it can mean operation. Um, so you know, I use the word ops sort of casually, just saying you know that dude seems like an op because he's doing something that seems inauthentic, right? Where either it, something isn't matching up, and they're doing things that are harmful. So when i see somebody that's doing something harmful with you know with a background that suggests that they you know might have ulterior motives from what they're actually talking about i think think okay maybe that person is an op and an op would be somebody who is um for whatever reason not being authentic in the way that they behave and in the actions that they take um, so why do they do it? Well, in, in counterintelligence, there's a there's an acronym called MICE, which is money, ideology, coercion, or, or an ego. Um, I kind of put compromising material in with coercion because that's usually how they do it, is they got something on you and you have to do what they want. Um, but it's the same thing. A, a, lot, a lot of the people out there are just doing it for, for money they're doing it because for for extra money they have a job and you know fuck i'll spend four hours a day trolling this dick no no problem and uh you know or it's ideology where they're they're intentionally infiltrating um groups and and you know being deceptive um and there are some people who are doing it because they have no choice uh because otherwise they will be exposed in some way or another and then there's just some people who do it because it feeds their narcissism. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of them out there that just get off on sadism. They just like to, you know, harm people. It's mm -hmm. sad, but true. Um, mm -hmm. All right. So just defining a few of, of the things that happen, um, the, the terms, um, you know, uh, briefly, a LARP. So LARP is short for live action role play. It's a character, right? Um, the most famous LARP uh, is Q. Um, Q is did not exist. It does not exist. There was no Q. It's a fucking LARP, meaning it's a character that was invented to be deceptive about its purpose, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you can also use it in the verb uh, form, you know, to LARP. Uh, so what's a troll? And I, I made this distinction earlier. Um, 
a the verb to troll can just mean like interacting with somebody i've you know uh trolled joe flynn all the time and it wasn't uh, you know i was i was calling him out i was exposing him he was responding to me it wasn't an abusive situation even though i was trying to get a response from him because he just confesses all the time when i do it um a troll is an account who who is there to uh whose purpose is to harm people right who all they do or the the entire reason for them to be there is to hurt other people to say bad things to mischaracterize what they say um a very special form of of troll which is the are the ones that uh, seem to love me best are the concerned trolls and the sea lions so these the, these exist strictly to get around terms of service that's the purpose of them um they they just lie right they just they or they ask questions you know they ask in the form of you know when was the last time did you beat your wife right like what do you mean i i never what um but just bringing that up bringing those words up in in conjunction with somebody's name um damages them it smears them and when you do it over and over and over thousands and thousands of times it creates this enormous sort of record of negativity and it just adds up and and damages people and so you know i i got still a bunch of them out there just so concerned about everything i have to say they fucking like stop being so concerned like get yeah. another job i'm done right. with you Right. Um, uh, the weapon is mental health. You know, this is as one of my Twitter besties says, uh, what does um, targeting Jim Stewartson 24 seven have to do with saving democracy? Nothing. Not a fucking thing. Not a no, fucking it, it's it's I mean, look, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm just a Twitter dude who figured some stuff out, right? Yeah. Why are they? Go why? Why well, are know. they going after me? We know it is not because I am wrong. It's not. Yeah. Um, on this note, uh, on how I am not wrong, I am also not mentally ill. Um, there, I, there, it, there's nothing to be ashamed of about being mentally ill. Um, but I've been called unwell and mentally ill so many times like the 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 idea is to just drive it into the target's head that no shit you actually are yeah um and this this feeds the whole sort of blue anon smear that yeah. you guys may have seen around uh blue okay. anon is the is basically the idea that um people like me who are investigating things um are left leftist QAnon, right mm -hmm. Um, the weird part is that the people who are attacking me is actually the leftist QAnon. It's projection. They are making up conspiracy theories and running around causing harm to other people, which is exactly what QAnon does. And Jim, I think uh, they're just doing it from the pretend left. I think we got we have to jump in here and, and and say that in doing so, in weaponizing this mental health, it not only stigmatize people with actual mental health. But also it, it discredits and it discounts the factors of, of, of continued acute, you know, a stress response, which is a fight or flight response. 
And that continued state, which happens now more psychologically than a bear attacking us as we have evolutionarily had that implanted in us, it's more of a psychological state now, majority of times coming from interactions online. And once you have that sustained uh, uh, stress response, it really starts to break down over a period of time, your adrenal system, your cardiovascular system, and your mental health. You're in a constant state of stress and your body and your mind starts to slowly break down and and operate at a very suboptimal level. People get yes, sick, right. think chronic health conditions can occur. So it's no joke. I mean, the people That's engaging right. in, in something that results in a continued stress it's, response it's, of that it's, nature. It's war. It's war. It can be very, very harmful. It's designed to be condition. incredibly harmful. And yeah. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to describe, you know, the sort of effects it's had on me because I'm not going to give them, uh, you know, ammunition. Um, but it's fucking serious. It's yeah. fucking serious. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's physically, mentally, emotionally, yeah. you know, in every other way, damaging it. It like Designed the people who have done this have hurt me yes you have congratulations the problem that you have is that you've been doing it in public yeah so you know that's right um here we go very important Uh, anyway let's let's move on from that sock puppets there's a lot of sock puppets around sock puppets are just an account um you know i'm talking about twitter here but they're everywhere um where where the it's disposable is basically the idea it's not your your personality it's not even you know some it's not even a larp it's just there for a specific purpose like in this case i created a a a sock puppet in order to go into QAnon and see what the algorithms were like on on twitter you know how long would it take before i was completely in it and the answer was like four minutes but I, i did a 15 minute video um, starting from zero, type the word praying in, got praying medic, which is a QAnon account, and then just hit follow over and over and over, like scrolled through a few times, hit follow, got likes, got, you know, um, and, and so that was a soft Now, yeah. I didn't use it for anything bad. I could have if I was a bad person. Um, but, you know, people have them for lots of reasons to monitor all kinds of things. Um, the issue is when they get coordinated, when they're there um, deceptively. Yeah. So one of the things that, that happens is, um, you know, there are some operators who are out there on TweetDeck with, you know, 15, 20 different socks, more. Um, you know, you can get five per phone number um, in case you guys didn't know. Um, so you just need some burners or whatever. You have as many as you want, and you just sit in TweetDeck, and what you do is you talk to yourself, mm-hmm. right? You have you have one one uh, lar- sock puppet that's you know the concerned one. And then you have another one who comes in and says, "Yeah, that motherfucker is so stupid." You have another one who comes in and says, "Well, I don't know. Are you sure about that?" And then another one says, "Yeah, I'm totally sure." And yeah. it just it goes you know around and around and around like that. And the the Jeez. idea is is to just generate as much garbage as possible. Yeah. All right. This is this is the hardest one to to get. Um, anyone who's been you know sort of out in the trenches knows what this is. Um, mind fucking is a real thing. It's when, and I'm, and I'm talking about a particular, you can use it in lots of ways, but I'm talking about a particular kind of thing. And this is where an individual, um, with a generally with a group 
will traumatize someone, will, will uh, terrify them so much that they basically induce undue influence like a cult. Yeah. So they, they, you know, they'll get phone calls, bad shit will happen. They'll get pressure. Somebody will sue them out of nowhere. What's going on? And then the, the, you know, the rescuer will come in. There's always the rescuer. And then the rescuer will be the, the, the person, the rescuer is always the mind fucker. And so all this bad shit's happening. You're being traumatized and you're trauma bonding with this person who is supposed to be rescuing you from all of this, all, all of these attacks. And, and you end up basically their in their cult it's like a little mini cult with them as the cult leader and sometimes they have lots of these these people that they've done this to um i'm not going to name names there's people uh you know who know the the people that i'm talking about in particular Um, but it is one of the most disturbing things that you see out here and i've had people who used to be my friends like get mind fucked about me like yeah. somebody literally turns me into a target of a person that I used to care about right. and still do, but they've right. gotten hurt. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I know again, it's hard to believe, but you know, uh-huh. trust me, um, I got all the evidence in the world. It's just not something I share. It's, it's horrible. Um, misusing private information um so you can people may have seen lots of dms out there um uh, that of mine and the reason for that is because ops um you know people who i thought were my friends or somebody new or whatever induces me to talk like a person in dms like with with somebody else and then suddenly stuff that i was saying in dms comes out on my attackers yeah you know on my main attackers website (laughs) And starts threatening you for one me. second. Anybody who's showing anybody's DMs is not to be trusted in general because that's private Seriously. information. So if you see someone doing that, I think the uh, the uh, shade should be on the person who is tweeting DMs. It's it's just a horrible thing to do. Fuck you! Don't do yeah. that. Um. So th- so like this this guy like got my got my dms and then used them to accuse me of attacking him when he's been doing it for a year yeah it's stupid it's just these dumb fucking like you know projection ops where they get your stuff and they make stuff up about it um two-sided ops uh infiltrators yeah um these these are all over the place you know you guys know what happened at occupy you know what happened at standing rock yeah um you know you know what happened uh, Ferguson. for me it happened with my volunteer group last year like yeah. people would people come in on purpose being your friend they get close to you they do things for you they yeah. they go and you know troll your attackers you know on this side of their face and then on the other side they're actually out there telling the people what you're doing and they're trolling you themselves and creating the drama that they want they want to create this drama they want to create chaos they want to divide people from each other and they want to break apart groups of well-meaning people and and it works and it sucks yeah influence journalists and blue checks i don't want to get too much into this right now because it's kind of a, a a long thing read read the article yeah there's a bunch of blue checks 
there's a bunch of, of influencers out there who are trying to get you to believe nonsense. It's influence campaign. Those yes. people that are trying to we get you to believe that. The help of, uh, we could actually use the help of the technology heads in fighting these wars. They seem, as we've said earlier, to be profiting off of them. So they don't seem to mind that we're being mind-fucked by bad actors. And they really should. And perhaps with enough lawsuits, they might. Um, yeah. So... I have two things that I want to say, but you want to give us a summation here before I we just want to finish. Ahead. I'll just finish this up real quick. Yeah. Um, so, so the thing about this, all of this is harm, right? I, I'm free, man. I cuss my ass off. I want to be able to argue with people in any way I want. I want to be able to call people names. Fucking free speech is awesome. The problem is when harm is caused by it on purpose. When there is an intentional use of speech yeah. to hurt people, that should not be okay. That should not be legal. You should not be able to use digital means any more than you can use physical means to hurt people. So um, I will be, I will, you know, once hopefully we, we save democracy at some point, um, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to make the online space safe. Um, because it's possible. You just need humans to look at a situation with context and see if harm is being caused. Yeah. If not, you know, somebody says something bad, make them get rid of the tweet. Don't fucking suspend them forever. Like, it, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't it make sense. It feels very, very inorganic, and it feels very harmful to democratic um, progress. Your line in there, I want to quote one thing before we bring Jack in. Two things. One, Jim's not a dick, so I know that he used that phrase. But just to be clear, he's like one of the most lovely people that I know. And your line that I think is very important is, once we preserve democracy, I'm going to make it a mission to make our online lives safer. It's currently a weaponized influence war with rules that are easily gamed to benefit people with bad intentions. And that yeah. I think is what we are fighting right there. And now who is more perfect as a guest to bring on to this show than the you know writer, director, producer, Jack A. Bryan, because that film that you and your partner, Marley, put together among other projects that you've done, Active Measures, I think is one of the most critical pieces of uh, film that have been produced for people to understand the scope and the history of the attacks that we're living through. And what Jim just explained very much is a, an example of the day in day out grind of this kind of war. So Jack, say hello, and we're gonna run your trailer. Hey, thanks for having me on, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, so anything you wanna say to uh, preview the trailer, anything you wanna kind of tell people? Well, I mean, I, I definitely have uh, a sort of a, a longer thing on uh, follow up on what Jim was just talking about. Uh, I think, though, that just to sort of set the film, I think that we have to, as a people, we understand that we're the subject to advertisements. We need to That's also right. understand that we're the subject to influence campaigns in the same way. And they operate along similar means um, and to have a similar kind of sense of suspicion. Okay, fantastic. Let's run active measures because we got so much to unpack. And then I'd love 
some of your thoughts on President what Jim Trump. Just now, President Putin denied having anything to do with the election interference in 2016. Every U.S. intelligence agency has concluded that Russia did. My first question for you, sir, is who do you believe? Putin has worked to undermine democracies across the globe. He made his way up through the KGB. He learned how to maneuver politically. The Russian mafia is an adjunct of the Russian government. And they help maintain Mr. Putin's power. To the point where Putin may well be the wealthiest man on the face of the planet. How does Russia launder money into America? Uh, <laughs> everything I know that's interesting, I can't tell you. The Russians have a particular type of mark. They go after somebody who has business resources, shady morals, and political connections or aspirations. I've just described Donald Trump. Putin realizes that if we're divided as a nation, we cannot protect ourselves from threats within and without. And what you have is probably the biggest intelligence breach in the history of the world. The crown jewel for any intelligence agency is to recruit an asset inside your adversary's intelligence agency. They seem to have premonitions of things that were going to happen that in fact did happen. The question is, who helped guide the decisions that the Russians were making? Trump Tower was a money laundering paradise. Anybody who was anybody in Russian organized crime bought a condo unit at Trump Tower. We have a serious intelligence operation in the home of the man who becomes president of the United States. I think this is the tip of the iceberg. What's at stake is truth and the cause of liberty at the most profound level possible. Oh, I love it so much. God. So good, uh, <laughs> Fucking great trailer. Holy shit. When that the, whole thing's, the whole thing's out, remarkable. That trailer's killing me. The, the music, for one thing. When that film came out, I actually had it on in my home on a 24-hour loop because I, I, it was like a salve. It was like everything that I'd been reporting and fighting for and knowing how so many of the catchphrases were recycled. I actually wrote a review called It's Complicated, I invented that word of compromat and complicated, and then that became uh, the title of a book that I just put out. Um, so it's it's very near and dear to me. Um, but before you delve into that subject, do you want to comment on what Jim was saying? Do you have anything further? Yeah, to say? I, I think that you know I spend a lot of time looking at operations and looking at intelligence things. And I think that one of the issues in communicating those is that most people don't exist in the language of intelligence. Yeah. So when they hear ops, when they hear things like that, they, it's, they think James Bond and it feels very foreign. And, and the way that I tend to address it, and frankly, a lot of the way I think about it is that anytime you have an industry that's devoted to investigation, whether it's the FBI or their journalism, you're gonna have a problem with your contacts. So in the FBI, it's called the dirty asset problem. Uh, if you have somebody that's giving you information about a criminal organization, you have to allow them to operate within that criminal organization in order to keep giving you information. So sometimes it's called the Whitey Bulger problem because Whitey Bulger is sort of the most famous example of this. In journalism, you have a problem of access journalism. So during the Trump years, Maggie Haberman was sort of like the key example of that, that you knew that Trump was her main source and it allowed her to become the preeminent journalist for the New York Times on Trump stuff. And so, yeah, she got to put out stuff that was seemingly um, bad about Trump, 
but it was usually couched in the context of framing it from a perspective that was more palliable. Um, and so a lot of that also happens in the world of QAnon and things like that, but they don't have the infrastructure that something like the New York Times has or something that the FBI has to say, hey, you know what, you might not want to have that murderer as part of our program, or hey, you might not want to have that you know, spy <laughs> as part of one of your you know, sources. Uh, and the problem with dirty assets or access journalism is it's a perpetual process that gets worse as it goes. With any source, your best information is going to be the first step that they give you because that's what they've been collecting. It's like a, a band. Their first album is usually going to be the best one they come out with because they've been spending years and years developing. Um, and as time goes on, you rely on them more and more and they are using you more and more. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that is the case with, again, the FBI is the case with journalists that you have to be really careful about being used. And I think that in the world of alt media, in the world of the internet, that those structures that are frequently don't work very well, but are there in place to keep that in check, just don't exist at all. And the only factor is how many hits you get. Right. And so if somebody can then create uh, technologies that can amplify Twitter accounts, that can amplify YouTube hits, um, that is a huge tool that they can use, not just to give access, but to give you know a venue. Um, and so these things happen. And I think that even the perpetrators of them don't see them in the way of the, the context of operations. I think they see it in the context of access journalism sometimes, or I think that they see it in the context of, well, I'm just doing what I have to do. But when you see people reporting on like QAnon for years and reporting on things adjacent to all the people involved, but not the people involved, I think it, it, one should be suspicious of that exact, at least as much as they're suspicious of why Maggie Haberman's New York Times articles always wow. seem to make Trump seem like the innocent or the aggrieved party. Wow. Or Jack, it, it also seems that some of the people reporting on QAnon don't come from a, a journalism background or an English background or a reporting background. And so there is, you know, the, there is that dearth, there's that gap between what you get when you go through, you know, uh, an apprenticeship or an education process. They're coming from different sectors, and all of a sudden, they you know fancy themselves. Maybe they get an article or two, but they've sort of lost that the distinction that you're making precisely and knowing how to deal with the source or what even is a source. And so we yeah. saw a lot of lot of you know reporting that was you know frankly just a big, becoming a mouthpiece for other people's agendas in that process. Yeah, I mean the the thing about QAnon right is that it's it it is disinformation. That is its purpose. Right? Yeah. So so. It should not be surprising that there are people surrounding it, right, who are participating with it, you know, essentially to um, spread, you know, disinformation, but from a different angle. Um, uh, not that Maggie Hamerman is doing that and not that most people about who are writing on QAnon are doing that. There are some people who write on QAnon who do it specifically to misdirect. Um, you know, do it specifically to to change the narrative. Um, and shockingly, a lot of those are the same people who are attacking me, mm -hmm. um, you know. And yes, it could just be jealousy. They could, it could be that they, they really think they're right and I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but no. But who does I, it as a professional? That is true, because they've been around for, for, for years and they don't know exactly what's going on. Yeah, as a, as a professional, right? When you disagree with somebody, you don't make it a mission unless you're psycho to destroy that person. 
if I have a report that runs in byline times and somebody else has a different point of view, well, Godspeed to them. I don't pay any attention to them. I don't engage. If I think I can be helpful and I saw an error, I might suggest something. But And the response, if the person is not some sort of weird operative or a psycho, would be thank you. It's not like you engage in this, you know, uh, bloodbath. And I think, I think because going back to active measures, what was so profoundly, um, you know, moving for me about your documentary is that all the things that we are talking about right now, all these years later, are part of active measures that have been successfully run in other countries. Uh, and then it came here and in our openness and our freedomness and our, you know, no regulation on social media-ness, we got mind fucked and we continue to get mind fucked and we have no guardrails and we have no regulations and we desperately are doing this show and the other things that we all do so we can get that word out there. And it's like you, there's a film, a document that is one of three really critical ones I think that everybody needs to watch in America that says, hey, lock her up, came from Manafort working with a gangster in Ukraine. And, you know, they tried this shit in Estonia. And here they doctored video of a leader in Georgia and that doctored video is why he lost his election. We're still not getting it. We're in an information war and there's no rear areas and we are still not getting it. And, and it's heating up. I mean, it's, it, it is going to get worse uh, as, you know, Russia's really pushing into uh, Ukraine. Uh, and, and it is concerning. I think that, you know, one, one of the places where I think America really has dropped the ball is on the Internet. You know, there, there is a real hesitancy to regulate whether it's hacking. I mean, even foreign hacking. Like you have no recourse as an American citizen if your account gets hacked by a foreign state. You're on your own. Uh, and so I think that, yes, the American government has to get better about that. But I also think that we have to, as, as a population, just get just a, not not cynical so that we think everything, every squirrel in every tree is a Russian spy. Yeah. But like if you see an influencer being like, this is a great hand lotion, you, you account for at least a 20% possibility that there is an inappropriate relationship that is going on or, or a financial or some beneficial relationship that that person is hawking that for. Right. Do we think that that person is entirely an op, everything they do? No. But is that statement operational? Was that person paid to make that statement? We all accept that there's a huge chance of it. And if you, someone said, you're crazy, nobody you know, paid that person to say that, you'd be like, that's really naive. Um, and so I think that's that you know, it's, it's, not the, it's not the exact same. I'm not trying to say that every time you talk to somebody online, it's a da da da, da but that that is a layer of every conversation. Every political conversation, there's going to be a layer of money going to push that. Um, and that's just the way we live. Yeah. All right, well, so Jack, I, I, have a, I have a question for you, and I, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Uh, what you said was it is obvious that there are automated accounts for pushing video views on YouTube and uh, artificial inflation of things on Twitter, right? No. And so my question to you would be, do these companies, Twitter, uh, Meta, YouTube, etc., do they know that there are artificial accounts on their platform, which I think we can say safely yes, mm -hmm. but are they including those counts in their reports to the SEC as users on their platform? 
If they are, does that constitute some sort of fraud? That's good. Go ahead. That, that is, uh, I, I am not the person for that question. I, I, I really don't have a great, I mean, obviously they, they know those. I think that there are a lot of, on the legal question, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but I would say that there probably are a bunch of legal things that you could uh, look at with, for example, uh, the, they're not following their um, community standards that we all agree to going in there. And if you can make an argument that those standards are a binding agreement that we're here for that reason and they're not upholding their end of it, um, I think that you, there could be, but again, I, I really, I would not feel comfortable giving legal advice on anything. I just don't know. I'm not a lawyer and I don't. All right. Does it smell fishy to you? How's that? It smells very fishy. It smells very <laughs> right, fishy. And I, I, I also think that it's, but I, I wonder if that's about inflating numbers for the government versus inflating numbers for advertisers. Yeah. It is. There's a case right now that's uh, focusing on it with, with the Google and uh, with Facebook and the deal that they made together in order to falsely uh, keep up. Word basically bids and advertising prices for that very, 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 very reason. They have different. There's a gradation of engagement versus uh, you know uh, length of account time. They, they have a sort of scale that they judge for for each account and how long it's been on and how much it's worth. Essentially, for, to so advertisers. I, I'm a high concept girl, and it's actually my training at a local Fox affiliate for all those years. To be honest with you, but I just always try to. And what I mean by that is my goal is to always engage as many people as possible and not talk over people. So the 11 year olds get it, the 90 year olds get it, whatever. And uh, Hi-Fi and I just finished watching Alphaville, a Jean-Luc Godard film that really foreshadowed what we're living under, which is techno-fascism. And we spend a lot of our time living under some form of techno-fascism where a handful of people with, who took a lot of money from foreign nation state, you know, cutouts, really are, really are basically, they're, they're masters of the universe right now. And what do we do about it? Like, what do we do? Like, we have committees, we have hearings, we have, you know, reports, you know, we have recommendations. But right now, the, the direction things are going in, and Jim being still off of Twitter is a great example of this, hi-fi as well. What do we, used to it. What do, we do? Uh, in, in, well, I think that there are things that we can do individually, and then there are things we can do en masse, right? So I think en masse, I think that um, one thing that I don't think the left does uh, enough, but is, by the way, the reason the NRA was so powerful, is contacting your member of Congress, not somebody else's, somebody in your district. Like literally, if you're like, why is the NRA so powerful? Because they organize people to do that. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that's that's the thing on mass, obviously volunteering, voting, trying to push the issue at members of Congress, you know, uh, at, at the Senate. But also I think that having an openness that we ourselves are also the targets. Like there's a, there's a reason that yeah. the highest vaccination rate right now in America is Puerto Rico because they don't vote. So they're not targeted in these operations as much. Yes. Uh, and so just the oh. sheer fact that you vote in American elections means you are the target of operations, stuff that you like, whatever, if you, I mean, you look at like um, influence accounts, uh, it's never just uh, tweeting about the thing that they're influencing on. It's trying to grab people from ancillary, you know, um, I was just looking at one that was like, 
um, you know, a, a free Bill Cosby kind of thing. And yeah. it would retweet all of these like, you know, um, pro civil rights tweets. Like every other tweet was retweeting some, you know, cops are being horrible to black people, which I think we can all agree with is a thing. Right. That, yeah. uh, and we all sympathize with. And so we, we are the subject to this as well. Um, and it's influence isn't just something that happens to other people. Right. If you're on the internet, it's happening to you and just right. accounting for that, right. being aware of that. And it doesn't mean that you have to, doesn't mean every post is something or something, but it means that that's a layer that's part of everybody's online experience. Right. Uh, and building up some kind of antibodies, as I said before, the, the same way that we build up some form of antibodies against advertising. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I tweeted out last week that my son deleted all his social media accounts, read five books since the beginning of the year and doesn't have anxiety anymore. And, you know, I, I would love, and I think that's amazing. And 75,000 people liked it. It was really this crazy viral tweet. Um, but I think that you're so right about maybe some kind of armor and also like what's, what's unnerving to me about this show that's happening to me in real time is I have a family on Twitter. These are people that I actually love and adore and rely on. And now I'm wondering, wow, are some of them people who are playing me, taking the information to the other sides? Maybe, probably. I watch people do the counter trolling of the counter trolling on Jim's story where somebody comes in and defensive Jim and what it ultimately ends up doing is it continues the conversation going rather than just dying on the vine by denying it of oxygen. Uh, and it's, it's um, you know, clearly this is a, we have a nation crying for help right now. I knew 2022 was going to be gnarly because 2018 was gnarly and 2016 was gnarly. It was quiet for a minute, but now here we are. And, uh, you know, just, just watching one of our friends did something very interesting. The people who are threatening and, and obsessed with bashing Jim that are supposed to be on the left, she went through and took their Twitter handles and then did like voting rights abortion, like put in all the key things that are very meaningful to defending democracy right now. Not a single one of them was doing anything in that vein. So to me, yeah. that tells you that these active measures are occurring. They, they put in real resist in their, in their, in their profile. They, they, you know, they, they do a couple of, you know, Antifa style posts and then they go and just troll the shit out of somebody for two fucking months straight like it's it it is not authentic none of it is authentic um it's 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 a lark but it's but there, I, it's, I think it's, it's, it's there, to, to hurt people sorry. i think it's also important though because i think that one of the things and you know i think jim will agree on this that that you really find looking at this is that really there's this really long gray line between victim and perpetrator yeah and a lot of the people that are pushed into this like, I don't think anybody gets approached and they're saying, hey, we want to destroy the life of this guy who didn't do anything wrong. You want to help us out, you know? It's right. a personal trigger, a request, a a gift, a request, and it's being played. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's more, is that a lot of the guys that are, that are activated as trolls against people on Twitter, they are themselves more than anybody being played. They're right. having no, their credibility true. being leveraged. They're having their audience being leveraged in ways that they're not being. Um, they don't know. They're not. It's not being in front of them. I think a lot of the people think they're genuine. Yeah, um, it, it's obviously it, a lot don't, and there's a lot of you know fake amplification. And but I think that there is 
there is such a wide berth of gray. And I even think some of the actors I see as bad actors, like let's talk about somebody who's dead, who won't sue, Robert David Steele. I think that guy probably left the CIA very likely not a complete nutter wackadoo. In disgrace, I, think, yeah. I think he got triggered and he was, oh, this is interesting. Oh, I'm part of something interesting. Oh, these people respect me, blah, 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 blah. Cut to 10 years later, he's talking crazy talk out of his butt. You know, like, it, so I, I think now at what point did, he's certainly a perpetrator. He, he was responsible for the death of God knows how many people by being a very early pusher of anti-COVID stuff. Right. So certainly a bad dude, but at what point along that 10 year line does he become, go from victim to perpetrator, from perpetrator, from, from victim to perpetrator? And I don't have a clear answer, but I think that being- It's true. He also died because he actually yeah. believed yeah. his own bullshit. Yeah. Right? Well, like, he lurked himself to death. Like you interviewed he him. He, he really did believe that, right? The anti-vax shit. Like he, against yeah. his wife, against like, yeah. he genuinely was mindfucked to believe that stuff somehow. And, yeah. you know, which is kind of amazing, right? Because he's yeah. also one of the worst perpetrators of propaganda that ever existed. Um, you know, really bad guy. Just yeah. gross yeah. in every conceivable way. And yet he was hired to give a speech at His own propaganda killed him. Did you guys explain who he was to our audience who might not know? Sorry, he was a a former CIA officer uh, in the 90s who left, got involved in Occupy a little bit. Yes. Then started going down the crazy rabbit hole. According to him, one of his big sort of contacts that fed him a bunch of stuff was Sasha Stone. Yeah. Um, Sasha Stone, yeah. Uh, sort of got pulled into that weird little, you know, ascendant masters circle. Even the uh, IT, ITJ has one of the early uh, roots of uh, the, the the pedophile conspiracy theory that become. Yeah, you know, and he he, I think Robert David Still might have been the one to inject adrenochrome, and that he yes, had said he was. and that he got that from uh, Sasha Stone. Yeah, um, that's from Sasha. Sasha is a very very shady Jesuit figure who's uh, some ways he's whatever Rhodesia anyway we could get into that a whole other yeah yeah that's yeah, that guy's that guy oh god i hate that guy sorry yeah but, well he's um, a mind really fucker right Sasha i mean yeah well, I, so I'm I'm just looking at it and I'm getting very maudlin right now because I wrote, I'm looking forward to the Active Measures sequel, the story of how we put our fragile democracy back together after these two sad men fail. And I'm referring to Putin and Trump. Um, Indeed, it was never a love story. The mingling of two corrupt hearts never ends well. And it will end because the strong men are weak and the people are strong. And that's the truth. And I'm reading that right now because I'm thinking, how do we give people backbone? How do we strengthen people and citizens who are so busy feeling under siege all the time by this influence war and the reality of losing family members over political spats and anti-vax bullshittery? How do we give people a kind of a steal to say, look, there's a handful of people doing some really bad shit right now but we are bigger and we have more of us. Well, I mean, I think everybody has their own sort of way. I mean, mine is trying to create content. You know, we did the the QAnon show last year and then this year and then over the next few months, we should have, 
I mean, I'm basically the, the way that I'm approaching it right now is that, you know, we, I did active, we did active measures, we did the vice show, but those shows just take a really long time and we take a long time to put up and get released. Like we had yeah. active measures finished six months before it got released. Uh, and, um, you know, you have to pitch it, you have to go through this whole process. And so we're doing that. We have a few shows that are going, but my focus this year is trying to produce like four or five podcast mini series that really kind of lay out a lot of, um, the, what has happened since active measures, uh, right. the other aspects of the operation that were happening around that aren't necessarily Russian related. Right. Um, and, and really trying to piece that out with different projects that have sort of the feel genre that kind of feel like thrillers into their own, their own right. Um, and so we have one of those that's basically finished, ready to go. We're going to be pitching that out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then I have another one that we're in production on and another one I'm researching. Um, so hopefully those will all be coming out, but I think that everybody has to figure out like, what, what do I bring to the table? Exactly. You know, like, what's the thing I'm good at? What's the thing I enjoy doing? What's the thing I'll actually do every day? Um, right. and figure it's out like how Everybody can do something. We can't all do everything, but everybody can do something. Let's take the last I, couple I of minutes. Question. Yeah, that's, question. Mm -hmm. I'm going after Jim. Okay. So you me, then, whole, then me, then me. You did a whole three <laughs> three part series on on this hunt for Q. So, who is it? Well, I I, I think that you and uh, and I would agree that Q is not a person; that it is a a construction uh, and a false construction. You know. Uh, but yeah, so I, I would say that there is no that I I, I think of. Uh, it's it's a little bit like saying who was Iran Contra, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Jack Singlove. Oh, sorry, what? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> sorry. In there too. Sorry. <laughs> no, Is he still alive? He's yes, alive. he's working with the fun. What what, yeah, what I wanted to do was take old. the last couple of minutes and have Jim and uh, Jack, and then of course Hi Fi. You can have a, a question too, but uh, I just want I just want Jim and Jack to talk a little bit about just a couple minutes on the Q uh, series that you did um, because what you just stated goes contrary to this whole huge mass out there that's trying to pin it on somebody else. And every time Michael Flynn's name is mentioned in relation to that, that immediately is a magnet for the troll flies. And so maybe the two of you just give like a minute statement on why you think Flynn is involved in this operation or why he's not excluded from suspicion. Well, I mean, I, I think that it's at, at this point, it's impossible to say he isn't just because he uses the science things with the, sorry, science things with the QAnon uh, slogan and gives the speeches and at the very least appears at the conferences. So it's, I think it's impossible to make the case that he, he isn't now. Uh, I think that making the case that he wasn't before August of 2017, when he first sort of put his name out there, it was right after the FBI says it was a, F a terrorism threat and suddenly Flynn puts his name on a conference. Um, I think that, that that right there, I think, is, is a really suspicious uh, act. <laughs> Just the fact that right when it was needed, like that's the other thing is that like, all these guys were only used when it was needed. Like, you know, Roger Stone gets pulled out when it moves from 4chan to 8chan to interview uh, Jordan Sather and be like, what's yeah. is this the real cue? Yeah. Uh, and so I think that that, that when, when did when, quiz Jack, when did uh, um, Flynn set up his defense fund? Ooh, it was right before the first drop, right? Like a week before September, September, 2017. Yeah. And also <laughs> the first like, drop was in 18 was when Flynn backed out. August 18th. I should have said, sorry. 
you're, it's, it's yeah, no, like, he was quiet all through the all through that beginning because yeah, he was he was in the process of being indicted and all that shit. Yeah, and then he confessed right when Q after Q started, right. and you know Q spent a lot of time defending Michael Flint. Right, but I also think for, for, also a uh, 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 little detail. I think it was uh, Q post fifty three was all about Archangel Saint Michael. Right. <laughs> Uh, which is fucking weird. Like, what? Why? Why would you post this out of like? There was no religious things before that. It was just like all of a sudden, Archangel Saint Michael comes up, and you should yeah. fucking worship this, like because he's powerful and you know militant. I mean, right. like, you know, so it, it is very somebody, clear to me that there's Michael, a lot. There's a lot. Well, also, religion. there's a lot of over. If you read Flynn's book, uh, which don't. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, I mean, the, there, one, there's right? the, in the later sections, the Afghanistan stuff is is you know uh, this stuff is included. But the, the psyops they would pull in Afghanistan were not that dissimilar. A lot of it was convincing the mullahs that or the, the population of the mullahs were blood drinking Satan worshippers and pedophiles. And oh, it's the same. So, yeah, it, it fits in you know pretty uh, hand and glove. Also, he was connected so you know to Cambridge Analytica early on. Um, yeah, and I, I think Follow that all. Also, I think that a lot of this, for, I, I think that this basically, uh, this is maybe a little bit around roundabout way of saying this whole thing, but um, I think a lot of this started basically with the, Ru the Russian side of it, 2012. That basically a lot of the Democratic Party at that point, um, the sort of establishment of it was the sort of the new left of the 70s, sort of anti-Vietnam lefties, uh, and the young people were very anti-Iraq war. And so there was this huge sort of bastion of the left that was sort of saw the big bad as the CIA and the military industrial complex, which fair, I was very much against the Iraq war. I marched against the Iraq war. I think it's totally fair. But I think around 2012, Obama's obviously in office uh, and uh, a lot of these former intelligence dudes, whistleblowers, uh, who had been getting a lot of work out of the Iraq war, had been getting hired to do stuff, kind of stopped getting hired. And that's where you see people yeah. like, you know, 2013, I think you see William Binney start writing for um, the, uh, what was it, the, for the VIPs, but the um, consortium report about how, you know, Syria is being unfairly targeted by the West and Assad's not really a bad guy. And then and got on, on RT all the time. Yeah, These yeah. disgruntled military guys are definitely a matter of national security and we need to deal with them. We should never have allowed these inauthentic pardonings. We talked about it at the top of the show. Mike Flynn, Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, Steve Bannon, Carrick, and Prince's guys. It's bad. It's all freaking bad. And we are living through this horrible, you know, uh, active measure still, both domestic and, uh, you know, foreign. Um, and, you know, again, I can't tell our viewers enough about seeing that film. Take the step watch the film, watch anything that Jack and his partner do. And I only have a couple more minutes here and I know that Hi-Fi has a question. I believe Sean has a question. Let's just, let's just like get to it and see what we can do in the next three minutes. Okay, so here's my question for you, Jack. Do you think you'll ever be able to uh, go back to uh, Michael, is it McFall or McCall? Michael McFall? Oh yeah. Yeah, Michael McFall and say, hey, you know that stuff that you couldn't tell me that was really interesting? Now can you tell me? 
Do you think you'll ever get to that point? Uh, in our really, yeah, I, I've I have not talked to we talked to Michael about once since then. I know that early on, I think he was a little bit he was a little slower on the calling out the Trump Russia stuff than the rest of us were. But I think that yeah. eventually he was very much very okay. much out there. And uh, so I don't know. I mean, we um, we were going to do an event with I think his brother or members of his family or something like that wanted to do an event with us. Um, but I, you know what? I, I, I need to, I will go back. I, I will get in touch with him <laughs> and ask. Because limitations, maybe, I don't know. Because really when it, when it comes down to me, you know, how is Russia laundering money, uh, into the United States? I got a couple ideas. We can talk about them. Yeah, we, but, we uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it seems that once you trace that money flow, you can, turn the spigot off that's and right i, th I really think that's what to. needs to be done if that's you right. want to ooh, if good you want point. to damn Watch Jack, why are you gonna hurt me day. like that bro? <laughs> yeah, well because well, listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know congressional districts in florida where money laundering is the number one tax provider yeah yeah uh, well, and then there's south dakota and wyoming fucking russian owned man the whole thing wyoming like there's a bunch of them well we got the here in Ohio, we got the Igor Kolomoisky, uh, the Ukrainian guy, doing real estate. You know, the, the, the feds seized a couple of his buildings. He set a plant in central Ohio on fire, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I want to so, see Sean, how it happens. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, because the, uh, and forgive me for my ignorance if, if you guys have answered this before, is you uh, if you're in communication or you, you know uh, the girls at the Gaslit Nation and their efforts and uh, hiding in plain sight. Um, just, I mean, just, I'm, just I'm familiar with them. Uh, I think Marley has has been in contact with them more than me. So so yeah. I just I, I I'm not I haven't been. I'd like to be. I think it's it's great. But I, I, I you have the amazing uh, Olga yeah. doing Kremlin files. So that's yeah, what's so cool about what you guys yeah. are up to. So I am gonna have to wrap this. We'd love you to come back. We never, ha you know, yes, it's never enough time, two hours, and we never get it all done. Um, but will you please tell our viewers if there is one thing that you could tell all of America right now, based on your experience in this active measures world, what would be your, your statement to them? No pressure. Well, okay, well, now I'm, I'm going to kind of do a cop out. I'm going to say, uh, listen to Kremlin file, because we're now going to be doing a Good lot job. of deep dives on on basically the show up to this point has been sort of how did we get to this place and now we're gonna be talking very much what's happening now what america should be doing what people should be pushing for what you ukraine right. should be doing all these things great and for the people who might be older which is a lot of our audience who might not watch the kremlin file is there one thing you can plant in their head so they'll know the seriousness of the attack on our nation and its ongoing attack yeah, there is a huge portion of uh, this country that is interested, whether actively or kind of the more dangerous part of it is, I think some people want to actively destroy this country, but I think there's a huge segment of the population that has been kind of trolled into this sort of Joker-esque, anarchistic, yep. ha, 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 wouldn't it be fun if the whole thing burns down? Yep. Um, yeah. and. I've been a young man in this country. I get that feeling. But if the whole thing burns down, what you are eliminating is the things that are protecting you. And what are you, you are keeping are the things that can oppress you. Thank you. That's what I needed from you. Everybody watch Active Measures. Everybody follow Jack A. Bryan on Twitter. Follow Act Measures 
uh, doc on Twitter and um, and then what website? Um, I, was, I oof, just just do those for now and or, uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, are my company's bunker crew media? If if I'll follow, have, follow have up with you and get stuff for the for the website. All right, great. I, well, and I'm also the Kremlin it. file. I think it's called yes. Krem, at Kremlin file. Right? It's okay. Yeah. I don't have a Twitter account, man. Okay. Kremlin <laughs> file. <laughs> yeah, you lazy. Get in the fight, Jim. Come on. Hey, hey, Jim. Jim, shut up. You still got LinkedIn, bro. <laughs> He's got Substack, and he is Substacking the yeah. shit out of that. Thank you so very much for thank being you, here tonight. You meant you mean the world to me. And please tell Marley thank you for all that she does. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. Your best. Thanks, man. Oh my God. So all I can say is this is a hell of a show. Let's get it wrapped so we can uh, actually uh, get it uploaded and people can gain a lot of knowledge. I know I learned a lot today, and uh, I just think y'all rule. All right. Yeah. I still need a Ukrainian tutor so I can learn how to pronounce these names. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks, guys. Love Bye. You. Bye. Love Bye. You. Later.